All right, folks, the download button on Survivalist Podcast. And as always, folks, you can catch all of our old shows, survivalistpodcast.org, as well as where all fine podcasts are available. And also, too, folks, I, I almost forgot to mention, uh, soundcloud.com uh, slash survivalistpodcast is uh, where we mainly host, but we're, like, so we're available everywhere where podcasts are available. So, uh, a lot going on, <laughs> well, a lot going on in Congress, and we're going to talk about all that and some other news going on, but uh, I want to talk for a minute, first of all, about uh, our sponsor over at Pete and Pedro, uh, men's hair care products, uh, well, men's products in general, sh- for shaving, hair care, uh, pretty much anything you can think of for men, they have, and uh, you know they're really good products, I really like them personally. Um, they smell like men's products, they don't smell, like, sometimes you get, I don't know, products name. I don't know, they smell like women's products and stuff like that, I don't know, these are really good, I really like this company, and that's PeteAndPedro.com, and, uh, if you, if you could, use the, uh, offer code that's in the show notes, the link, and, uh, this way we get the credit for it, and we can go ahead and, uh, help support the show, I appreciate that, we did have a couple people, uh, buy stuff from the other show, and I, I want to appreciate that, I thank everybody that supports the sponsor, uh, kind of helps pay for some of the expenses that's involved with this, and I really do appreciate it. So today we are going on, uh, as of recording this today, uh, we are going on the 7th, um, well, I mean, they're, they're the 7th vote, they're going to go on the 8th vote now. Uh, let me check the internet while I'm talking. Uh, actually, I'm on, I'm on my mobile rig today, but I have my phone. Yeah, it looks like they're going to have, have to have an 8th vote, so that's what they're saying anyway. So, some interesting news with this that I thought was rather interesting personally was that I guess the House Speaker does not have to be um, actually a member of, of Congress. I can be anybody. I know a bunch of people have, have nominated Trump. Uh, I know he got a couple, but he hasn't may. Uh, he's not going to have enough to win. But I know they've they nominated him and he has gotten some votes. But, I mean, nowhere near enough to win. But, yeah, that's... I didn't know that. I actually looked and it says... That actually, they looked this up. There's actually nowhere in the Constitution that says it has to be a member of the House. It can actually be... Um, any Anybody can be can be elected Speaker of the House. It doesn't necessarily... Now, they won't get a vote like the uh, like everybody else will that's an elected official. But there is... It does not have to be a member of the House. So a lot of people were saying, oh, it should be Trump, should be Trump. No, no, we're not. Let's let's just, you know, let's quit the insanity while we're ahead here. Uh, I know, like, a lot of people are saying that it should be Trump, it should be Trump. Pete Bannon on his radio show the other day said that they should nominate, they should elect Trump so he would still be in politics and he could be head of the House and get stuff done. And I just can't... <laughs> I mean, I just, one, I couldn't picture him as the House Speaker. I just, I don't think that would, I mean, after being the president, it's kind of, I think, a step down. But the other thing is, I mean, I don't think, the Republicans are so split right now. It's really unbelievable. And I just, I, it's just sad to see what's really going on right now. I mean, this is, they said this is the first time this has happened since the, uh, I believe, the Civil War that they've had uh, this many times. They've actually went on for like five he went for five or six days during the Revolutionary War. We're just saying something pretty, pretty sad that we're actually going. Uh, and the other thing is, too, that I brought up to people, and a lot of people didn't think about this, but if they're having this much of, of time 
electing a House Speaker. Imagine what's going to be like when they try to pass any kind of bills, any kind of laws. Uh, it's just going to be a real mess going forward. And uh, really, uh, I don't know what you're going to see, especially over the next, next next couple of weeks, once they start doing, start trying to get built, once they finally do get a House Speaker, whoever that is, and they start doing all this stuff, it's going to get worse. And it's, it's just going to be a mess. Nothing's going to get done. It's just going to stall out. And, I mean, everybody used to blame Congress for not getting anything done, but for the Senate, but now it's going to be Congress that's going to hold everything up. So, again, uh, just a... Uh, a real broken system right now. Politics in general is such a mess. And the Republican Party being split. And it's, it's just such a... It's, it's, nothing's going to get done. And I, it, I, what, what's going to unite us? And I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Trump's definitely split the Republican Party now. And it's, it's just never... I just don't think it's ever going to be the same anymore. At least for a while. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I just think now that now I think now I think in a way I, I don't think this is good, but I do it in a certain way because it shows really how I think it's really a real testament and really shows the American people just how broken the system is because none of these people can agree on anything, and it's really a shame. And it just goes to show you, I mean, really just how how messed up everything is when I mean they can't get I mean the Republicans can't agree on a they can't even agree on a speaker I mean how the hell are they going to agree on on any kind of any kind of legislation and what's going to happen is you're going to have Democrats and and they're going to all stick together or some of them anyway then you're going to have Republicans and what's going to have you're going to have you know, you have basically three different parts. You're going to have the regular Republicans, the Trump Republicans, and then you're going to have the Democrats. In the next two years, the th- they're, they're going to be in fighting in Congress, and nothing is ever going to get done. So it, it's just really a, a real, a real problem, and it's really just going to make a lot more of a mess. The Senate always made a mess, but I think this is going to be even more of a mess now. And uh, we'll just have to kind of see see what happens. I, I have a feeling by, by at least Friday. Um, I can't imagine this going on more than another couple more days. Uh, well, it's Thursday night now, but I, I can imagine they're probably, hopefully they figure this out by by the end of the week at least. Um, but we remain to be seen. If it does, I'll update the podcast, but um, I just don't think it's going to. We're talking about the next show. I and mean, we're not really, that's the only thing about our show, and I brought some people say email time. Sometimes I've had a couple comments from people talking about how you, uh, when I talk about politics, sometimes it's a little bit past, like a couple. It's been a couple days past, but I mean, we're not like in a twenty-four hour news show. So when I talk about politics, it's stuff that's either happened, will happen, did happen, or you know what, whatever. So it, it you know, we're, we're not exactly always on the cutting edge with the news, but um, it's stuff I want to talk about because we're talking about. And uh, I mean, it's been newsworthy definitely the last couple of days. The fact that the people are standing up electing Trump and voting for Trump, I mean, they're basically throwing their votes away because, well, you know, I, I mean, he's not going to have enough to win, so all they're doing is delaying the inevitable, pretty much. Or hoping that somebody elects them, or I, I don't know what they're trying to do. I really don't know their mindset, and it's just really ridiculous. So, uh, speaking of things that are ridiculous, uh, also, too, we have, uh, in, I'm in Pennsylvania here, and uh, gas been creeping up a little bit and come to find out i didn't realize this but the gas tax actually went up three three cents on regular and four 
diesel. So those of you that are actually in the in the Pennsylvania area, or the, and uh, apparently the gas tax has went up. Uh, the gas tax in Pennsylvania is almost 61 cents compared to other states. A lot of people don't realize that. I was bringing that up to a lot of my friends and stuff. We're talking about that, that uh, the gas tax is so much higher uh, in PA than a lot of other places. And, uh, and at the gas tax, like I said, 61 cents. And they said, well, that was only going to go on for temporarily until they fixed all the roads. Well, that's been years, almost, what, eight, nine years now, more than that maybe? And uh, it's never gone away. I don't think it ever will go away. The gas tax is here to stay, and it just adds to the rising cost of, the, of fuel now. So, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. But, yeah, that's uh, a lot of people have talked to me about gas prices. And I said, yeah, but the gas prices are going to keep going up because of, you know, I mean, they're never going to. Once that gas tax went on, I even said that's never going to go away. That's going to be a permanent tax now. And people were like, oh, no, it's only, it's only, no, 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 no. It's only till. It's going to be gone for, it's never going to go away. Once, once they put a tax on, very rare the taxes go away. And the crazy thing was, that was actually a Republican uh, governor we had that did that, which shocked a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people voted him in because he said he was not going to do a gas tax, and he, he did it anyway. Um, well, typical politician, right? <laughs> so you're not going to do something and do it anyway. So interesting, uh, interesting things more in the federal politics. Uh, Biden pardoned a handful of people the other day. Uh, the one lady he pardoned, I actually, I actually kind of agree with it. Uh, she was a woman that killed her husband in self-defense um, after he tried to kill her uh, when she was pregnant. Uh, so kind of, kind of a scary story there. The uh, she was pregnant and he killed her, and they still convicted her of murder. And she's been in jail for quite some time. She's like, 80, I think, eighty some years old now. So I thought that was interesting. I was, I mean. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not really enough. I don't know enough about the law, but I, I thought so. You know, I thought self-defense was was not murder, but I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it and and how they. You know, I, I don't know. It depends. I'm not sure how this played out. I didn't read. I read the article, but it's not. Uh, a lot of that stuff you can't find. It's not, it's not digitized yet. Those court documents, but um, like I said, it was apparently she was. It was self. You know. And then you had a couple, somebody else who got convicted a while back for cocaine use. Um, he pardoned them. I don't know why that was, but but I know the one about the woman I saw, and I thought that was really, I mean, especially since she was pregnant and she used self-defense, I thought, too, that was a wrong call by whoever the judge was. It was, what, 50, looking at this article? It was like, she was in her late 30s, so it was like almost, yeah, almost like 50 years ago. Um, yeah, so it was like 50, 48 years ago. Excuse me, it's almost four years. And, I mean, just, I mean, the fact that he defended herself, her unborn child, and uh, was put away for it, I, I just, I think that was actually, I agree with that one. Uh, the cocaine one, eh, I'm not really, you know. But the, um, that one is the one I really agreed with. I thought that, I thought she was wrongly, wrongly accused on that one, personally. So that was that. That was in the news. I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting, and I thought a good call by Biden there for that one. Uh, the other ones that weren't really that anything really that not really no newsworthy. I guess so. Well, somebody that was what this guy do? This guy he was convicted for a crime. Uh, 
but now it isn't a crime anymore, so you pardoned him. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it really wasn't, but, but her was the big one. That was when even the news pointed out about that, because that was pretty newsworthy. I agreed with that one as well. So the interesting thing is now, apparently Gab, uh, I'm sorry, not Gab, excuse me, Rumble, is getting into the original content business. And they apparently, Donald Trump Jr. signed a seven-figure deal to do a, a podcast on Rumble's network. Uh, they're basically like a, an offshoot of like a like a, well, like a YouTube social media. It's basically a bunch of services in one. But uh, apparently, he signed a seven-figure deal. He's going to do a, a a podcast on it. How frequently yet, or how much? But it's a seven-figure deal, and it's going to be exclusively on Rumble. Um, they're saying that's going to. They're hoping that's going to draw more people to Rumble. Uh, I don't know if it will or if it won't. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene does her podcast on there, I believe. And some other people on there. And like I said, it looks like they're getting into the original content business. So, we will see how that goes. Uh, I can only imagine. I would love to see it if he took calls and stuff like that. To see the kind of people that would call into his show. Just like when you listen to Alex Jones. Uh, the people that call into his show sometimes can be... Uh, a little crazy, a little eccentric. So I'm curious to see uh, what what's going to happen here with with with, uh, with Donald Trump Jr.'s show. Um, I I don't know. I'm not a big fan of his. I don't really have a problem with the younger son too much, Eric. I uh, even Ivanka. I don't have an issue with. But I don't know. Donald Donald Trump Jr. is a little bit too. I don't know. He's I don't care for the way he is. He's had he's you know he's noted he's no, had noted drug issues. He's had known issues with affairs, no issue with all this other stuff, just like his father, and I don't understand why when Trump went after, um, you know, Hunter Biden, I don't know why Biden didn't throw that in, in Trump's face, but um, I know he said he was taking the high ground, but sometimes in politics, you got to do some mudslinging, and I don't know, I think he just missed a complete opportunity there that he could have really, uh, you know, really could have you know, had some had some good stuff to really throw at Trump, but he just didn't do it. So, uh, in some Jersey schools, they're going back to masking in North Jersey. I don't know if it's up in the other show or not, but I'm bringing it up right now. And apparently, they're saying because the COVID numbers are so high, they're going to try to force uh, masks in some of the Jersey schools now. I'm curious to see how this is going to work out, and what kind of just what's this going to be like now, and are we going to go back that way again with masking? And so I'm curious who's going to happen with that. Um, I think the mask should be optional, personally. Uh, I don't think we should force people to wear that, but I, and I don't think we should shut, definitely shut anything down again. I don't think we will, but um, I think the mask should be optional. If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. If you don't want to wear a mask, that should be okay, too. I don't think they should for, mandate it. I think it should be optional, personally. But I find this article pretty funny. Somebody just sent this to me on my... Uh, on our social network. Oh, by the way, folks, if you uh, want to join our social network, rebelsocial.media. Um, it's a Mastodon instance. It's a very similar to Twitter, to social, uh, any of those gab when it was back in the old platform. Uh, it's very cool. I have, we, we have a good little group on here. It's a lot of fun. Again, rebelsocial.media. And go ahead and join up, sign up. And uh, like I said, we're a good group here. And let me know you're a fan of the podcast. I appreciate it. 
but somebody you sent this to me. That's funny. There's this photos of <laughs> of Democrats bringing popcorn and six packs of soda to the to this, and, and I kind of understand this to a certain degree. I mean, why not bring a snack and soda? Because I mean, the Democrats know what they're voting for. They know they have no, don't have enough votes to get the speaker in, but they know that they, who they're voting for. So that's why they're doing this. But they have snacks and soda. They're all sitting there like they're they're watching a feature film. But I can understand that's gonna be boring to sit there. I mean, they know who they're gonna vote for. And I know why they're doing this. A lot of people, a couple of them want them to just vote for who they want. And then, but the problem is, if, and first of all, Democrats aren't going to vote for the Republicans. That's not going to happen. But the other problem is, too, is the longer this goes on, the less of a chance they have, the Republicans have of trying to pass something, uh, which is exactly what what the Democrats want. So the Democrats are going to, like, you're not going to get any Democrats saying, okay, well, let's, let's one vote this one since we can start moving Congress. Well, they're not going to. They're going to, they want this to go as long as possible so that this way they don't have, there's not, nothing can be passed, nothing can get done. But I got to admit, I would be bored. I mean, you have to be there because it's in session, but man, that's got to be boring just watching the Republicans any Republican or any politician fight, it's just such ridiculous. I mean, it's just, like I said, this is, again, this is an example of what's going to be over the next couple, at least over the next couple, at least over the next couple months, I think, at least. So, uh, something I want to talk about, the, um, we also saw that football player go down the other night, um, Durham Ham, Hamlin, Hamlin, forgive me if I'm butchering the name, but uh, he took a hard shot to the chest. Apparently, he's doing much better now, and that's good to hear. But apparently, they're saying that, uh, from what I'm reading, is they're saying, and I'm not, I don't believe this, but apparently, some of the more liberal sites are saying that he uh, he was he took the vaccine, and they're blaming all this uh, his heart problem on the vaccine. You know, I don't know if I really get, if I really buy that. I think that's just people saying that because they want to start, you know, rile up the base of uh, people that don't like the vaccine. But yeah, they're saying he had a heart, an enlarged heart from the vaccine. I, I'm gonna have heard people having enlarged heart from the vaccine, but we're talking how many? I mean, how long ago did he? You know, it, it's just I, I just think it's ridiculous. People are just trying to start a pot. There was actually a doctor that explained it. I mean, he took a hard helmet shot right to the chest, and that could stop anybody's heart. So I, you know, uh, but now they're saying the vaccine. I'm like, come on, be real. Anything, I mean, aren't we over this already? But apparently not. So the other thing I thought that was interesting, apparently Putin has ordered a 36-hour ceasefire for Russian uh, Orthodox Christmas. Uh, I don't, I doubt the, uh, I doubt the people are going to do that, but, um, you know, like I said, they're they're he's ordering a 36-hour ceasefire for Russian Orthodox Christmas so that people can have a chance to enjoy Christmas. Um, I whatever. I just I <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't know. I just think I think Putin is just a little bit too a little too power hungry, a little too much, a little too much uh, land hungry for me, but. Um, like I said, he ordered a 36-hour thing for ceasefire, and uh, we will uh, we will see what happens uh, with that. So, also too, uh, one thing I want to point out. Somebody showed this to me today. If you go to the 
usdebtclock.org. Uh, it shows you the the U.S. Uh, debt clock, and obviously our debt is over uh, 31 trillion now. But I thought that was interesting. It actually does do uh, a lot. It actually tries to add. It adds up a lot of the debt and shows how much we're spending every minute and all that. It actually is uh, quite interesting. So I wanted to bring that up to talk to you guys about. Uh, also, too, I watched something over the weekend, uh, over the break and over the weekend. So that uh, it's the Richard Branson documentary. And uh, the reason why I bring that, why I'm bringing this up is because Branson uh, didn't actually realize what he actually went through uh, with some of those big, big uh, stunts he did and some of that, uh, especially with that stuff he was doing with the with the hot air balloons. Uh, I never really understood what went into those hot air balloon trips. And uh, really unbelievable. I mean, he's lucky. Uh, the first one they did when they, they took off, they, they lost a big tank of gas. Um, they had to have uh, people uh, who, who were experts in weather to make sure the balloon stays in the jet stream. Uh, when he did the one from Japan, over to, I believe it was over to the, from Japan to California, I believe it was, uh, they actually, they, at one point when they, when they went to release one of the tanks, they lost three other tanks, they weren't sure if they were going to have enough, uh, fuel to, to actually make it, lucky enough they caught the jet stream, and they did, and, uh, the other thing I didn't realize as well is, is how, I really didn't realize how much prepping and planning uh, went into these things, and the other thing was too was the whole situation. The I didn't realize that when you go up into space, any of these space trips, um, if you want to take any of these space trips, you you must go through I think five days of training uh, before you go up in these these space trips. Uh, I never realized all this, but I never realized. I remember when Branson, when I was a kid, Branson kept trying to take the. Um, the, I, I don't remember the first two balloon trips I don't really remember because I was too young but I do remember the one where he tried to go around the world and I remember he kept uh, there was like three attempts and all three attempts failed I do remember that but I don't remember some of the other stuff and he um but I, I and I know he was one of the first people to go up into the into, into that high orbit with the space but uh, I really did realize the the really the whole the whole situation with that as far as you need to go the couple days of training and then the, the other thing I, I didn't know that uh, that, I, that I really found out is about the space travel stuff is Elon Musk and and Jeff Bezos companies they actually are all are all computerized and they they shoot you know they they shoot you up to, you know directly in the air like a rocket and all that where Branson's company they actually take off two pilots actually fly you through the air and then when they get up to a certain orbit that plane lets go uh, goes back and lands somebody lands that and two more pilots are in this, this other craft that takes you up to the next level which is the high earth orbit so two different completely ways of doing it one's computerized one actually requires two pilots. Um, and, and Richard Branson, I guess, went up, I guess, to 50 miles, whereas uh, I think uh, I think Elon and uh, 
believe Elon, and I believe, I know for Jeff Bezos went up a little bit higher than he did. I think he went 76 miles. But either way, it doesn't matter. But yeah, there's a lot of prepping that goes into, I didn't never realize uh, the kind of prepping that went into a balloon trip or even even to, I mean, the space travel I get, but uh, the balloon trip, people have been doing balloons for a long time. I didn't realize uh, that if you go up in a balloon and you're going to go, you know, a couple day trip, uh, especially at a high high thing where you're going to be in the uh, the jet stream, you actually have to be in a pressurized cabin. Uh, the balloons that they were in were pressurized, and also too, you have to be wearing a parachute. And there, there's a lot of other things. I was actually reading about the the prepper. These balloon trips maybe only last a few days that he does, but there is uh, the guy said I believe like three four months of preparation that must go into balloon trips uh, just to be able to accomplish them and it really is amazing uh, I didn't realize what went into this I didn't realize as well that uh, if you go up a certain height into the jet stream of the balloon you have to actually be certified because in there's a you have to use a different kind of gas um, and then also too there's all these other precautions you have to take with the balloon trips I know Branson had said he used the balloon trips for publicity but the other reason they use the balloon is because you can fit the word Virgin Mobile or Virgin whatever, Virgin Airlines or Virgin whatever, um, on big letters on a balloon rather than, you know. But uh, I didn't realize that. But also, too, uh, some of the things that I really would do, and if you are, I know I know we're getting a little bit out of some prepper space here, but I really feel this was important. Um, I didn't actually realize, like when Branson did those trips, I was very young when it happened. But I didn't realize when Branson flew Virgin uh, into uh, in, into Iraq when the first time when Saddam Hussein held his hostages, uh, I didn't realize that he actually took a big chance with that because uh, one of the things that they have to do that they had to do with that was they had to really make sure that um, when he when he flew when he I'm gonna say when he flew back when he when they flew there. Um, they had to make sure they were prepped because they had people they were, they were picking up the hot the uh, the hostages they they were allowed to pick up any of the sickly ones and they had medical crews on board and and everything else that uh, you know he really took a chance with that and and what had to be prepared knowing that there's medications on board uh, blankets like I said enough healthcare people enough uh, a really uh, really unbelievable thing he did and I never really realized it uh, until I until I watched the documentary. Um, how much these balloon trips and, and how when he got these people out of hostage situations, the planning that goes into, yes, we're picking up the hostages, but we have, once we once we get these people on board, we can't stop to land. So we have to take, like, we have to have everything we need for medicals on board because we can't land again. Like, and, and sitting around these doctors and saying, okay, let's, what would you think we're going to need when we pick these people up? And uh, really a, a lot went into this. And uh, just really uh, talking about we talk about we talk about prepping in the sense of like okay you know you know you know shit's gonna hit the fan but uh, really what what goes on prepping has to be prep sometimes has to be done just in in, in the operations of, of of rescuing people or in the operations of uh, you know uh, a trip that maybe. Maybe the trip is safe, but you have to prepare for, you know, contingencies. Um, you know, what happens if we run out of fuel? What happens if we have to land the balloon? Uh, what happens if we have, you know, what, you know, 
what happens if you know we lose control of the balloon and and being in the we have to make sure we follow the jet stream because if not the balloon can get ripped in half and and all, I mean really and, and sometimes and I want to, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is uh, sometimes you as a prepper can be prepared as much as you want and I know people really pride themselves being preppers but sometimes in order to prep properly you do need the assistance of outside people. Um, what Branson was talking about, he even said like how, how he had to have he had a whole team of, of people that were weather experts just to just to try to take a look at these weather patterns and say, okay, what are we going to run into? Um, you know, or you know, the balloon experts are saying, okay, we're doing this balloon thing. You know, what what should we prepare for? Um, because they're the experts in their field. We're real medical professors saying, okay, what should I prepare for? You know, um, you know, sometimes you can be a really good prepper and you can go on the internet and you can get all the research you want to do. But sometimes you, you really have to talk to an expert um, to really understand what you're preparing for, what has to be um, prepped. And, and, and sometimes an expert will know and and that's because they are the expert or they they do know more than you do they can sometimes tell you things you didn't prepare for um you know and, and this is a prime example of this one time uh when we were going out hunting uh when i was younger uh, i remember my good friend that took me out and my uncle we were going out and my buddies and my friends like listen you you, you might want to wear you know thicker you know you're gonna wear gloves and stuff like that you go and i had always bow hunted but i never gun hunted before and he had said to me, you're going to wear thick gloves. It's, it's like December, dude. Like, It's like late December. Early I'm like, yeah, but I'll be all right. My hands aren't going to get... And then, boy, let me tell you, he told me just to bring the gloves in case. And, boy, let me tell you, good thing I did because we got out there and maybe 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in, I, I was glad I had those gloves. So sometimes just people that have either had ex more experience than you or sometimes people that are experts in their field... Um, it's good to talk to those people to really start to really get an understanding of what what it is you're doing and what you need to do to get prepped for a situation. You know, we we can as preppers try to do all our homework and say, okay, you know, I did my research or so that I prepped it, but, but sometimes we talk to an expert. Um, you know, you, you really get more insight into what we need to do to prepare, what we should be doing, what we're not doing, uh, what we what should we bring, what we didn't bring, and uh, you know, and I think I think a great example is to be any medical professionals. Uh, I know a lot of us are trained in first aid. Um, you know, a lot of people, a couple people that listen are first responders, some of that, but uh, really taking the time to say, okay, what do you think I should do? Um, you know, you're a first responder or you're in search and rescue, what do you see the most of? And even if they just give you stories, take those stories now and say, okay, what 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 could I do as a prepper to be better prepared for a situation like that? What, how would I have handled this to be more prepared? And, and really, those things can be so important. It can be the big difference. Um, you know, between you know, between a, a good situation and a bad situation. Uh, I remember a story years ago when I was younger about a young couple who were in the Marine Corps, and uh, you know, they, they left. They knew it was bad weather, but they wanted to leave anyway because they wanted to start. You know, and the, the the father's like, you know, you really should put the chains on your tires. This is back before for vehicles. Well, not back for you, but they didn't have four wheel drive vehicle. They had a, a, a two wheel drive truck, and he had said, put the chains on tires. Father didn't. And then once they got they got stuck, he couldn't get the chains on the vehicle. And just if he would have taken the couple minutes to prepare 
and to put the chains on the tires, um, you know, it, it, it might, you know, the situation would have been a lot better and they wouldn't have been stuck uh, for three or four days on the side of a road um, with no way to get help and with nobody getting unstuck. And, and obviously, you know, accidents are accidents for a reason. Uh, obviously, times have changed now, but, um, you know, it's just a, a very tough thing. And one of the things I like to bring up, and, and I didn't know this, my, my wife had, had brought this up to me, and as a, as a, as, as a, as a man and as somebody who, um, you know, I had children, but I never really got involved with it. So it's kind of one that my wife handled. Um, a lot of a lot of women that say, which I've talked about, uh, you know, packing for. I think I've talked about people's show, uh, things packing formula. And if you have a small baby, just in case of. And I've had a lot of a lot of uh, people that have said, "Oh well, you know, I'm nursing, I'm breastfeeding, um, I don't need to worry about packing formula." And and in a high stress situation or a, or a situation where you're really exerting yourself. Um, my wife had said a lot of times women don't produce as much and uh, especially in, in stressful situations um, you know that can be very tough I know that happened in Waco uh, they had a they had a I know they had a, they traded hostages for milk because a lot of the women were getting stressed out and with the gunfire and all that kind of stuff that was happening and being trapped and everything going on shortage of food and stuff um, the women weren't um, weren't able to weren't able to nurse properly so uh and, and that's not by the way folks it's not just i'm not i'm not i'm not just i'm not just saying it's high stress situations but um even um if you're going for a hike or you're going on a thing and you're going to be it's hot out you're going to be exerting yourself sweating um yeah that loss of fluid may cause may cause may you know cause uh you'd have a lot lower supply and nobody wants to walk around through the woods with a screaming baby um you know, sometimes having that little extra formula to supplement um, can really make a difference. And like I said, I, you know, I, I understand, you know, the whole thing behind it and all that. But um, in a stressful situation or emergency situation or an emergency situation where um, you may not be able to keep your supply up. I know uh, my wife had said many times uh, when we were out and about and some of that, that having that that, that uh, formula uh, helped her out a little bit. Uh, especially when you had a screaming baby. So... Uh, that was just something I wanted to bring up, a little tip for, for you know, any women that, that listen or any husbands that have wives that are nursing. Um, it's good information to know, and I would have never known it. You may not know it as a guy. Uh, I know the majority of listeners are guys. It's fine. But um, I didn't know it myself until my wife pointed it out to me. So um, just something really to to think about and, and put in the kind of put in the back of your mind as something that, um, you know, is, is useful information that... Uh, can really make a difference, um, especially in a, in a situation. A crying baby can really stress you out, stress them out, stress you out, and uh, help make the situation a little bit a little bit better. Especially in a, a situation where God forbid it's survival. Uh, oh, by the way, too, that's something else too. I, I now that I have a, a child that's uh, toddler age. Uh, it's one of the things I've brought up with my wife a few times. A lot of times I'll pack uh, a toy or uh, or I'll pa- or I have a you know, I have a extra battery for a phone or something like that. My wife will say, "You always pack that stuff." And let me tell you something: there, when you, when you're, especially when you're hiking or if you're if you're fishing or if you're even, or heaven forbid, you're in a survival situation. There, there's nothing worse than a kid saying, "They want, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play," all the time when you're trying to focus and and trying to figure out the situation. Um, 
really can can make it tough for you to think with them, um, you know, constantly harping on that. So, uh, just something to to think about uh, for those of you that are, like I said, you know, uh, you know, have some children, small children. Um, just a toy or a game can really. Um, make your life less stressful. Doesn't, uh, doesn't seem like, oh, well, this, you know, it doesn't seem that way, but trust me, uh, any parents that are listening know exactly what I'm talking about. So, uh, those little little things to keep your little ones occupied uh, can really make uh, a difference uh, when you're in a, out and about or in a, in a survival situation. Uh, also, too, I, I want to point out something, too, that I, I did want to bring up. Uh, I was actually going through my go bag the other day looking for some stuff and uh, one thing you might want to check too, folks, uh, if you do have any canned goods in there, uh, canned goods do have expiration dates. Uh, I was going through mine the other day, and I noticed I had a couple of cans of tuna that were expired, so I threw them away. But uh, just so you realize, too, uh, nothing can be I mean, that can make a survival situation even worse getting sick on bad food. Uh, that can make a, a bad situation. Sometimes getting sick is worse than not having food at all. Uh, so if you do have go bags and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, once a year or so, I recommend everybody go through their go bag to make sure to check what's outdated. Medical supplies do get outdated. Medications get outdated. Um, and they're not as potent. Uh, that's something, too. Uh, I actually read about that years ago in a, in a prepper magazine uh, about a girl who was, uh, who was a diabetic. And she actually uh, used to take her insulin quite a bit. And uh, she started noticing uh, that her insulin was starting to be less effective uh, because it was starting to go bad. And that's a very, very uh, tough situation to go to go through, um, especially if you're if you're somebody who's sick um, and your medication's not working, uh, and you're especially diabetes and that can really uh, make a bad situation worse. And so it's just good to check those things to make sure that you know things are not outdated. Um, or, uh, you know, lose their potency or their effectiveness. Um, like I said, those, those situations can get really bad really quickly, uh, especially if you're in a situation where you need those medications. Um, you know, being without them or being outdated uh, could be disastrous. So you just want to make sure that you, you're prepping for, for that. Uh, also, too, um, if you do have... And I, and I do want to point this out too. If you, if you do put canned goods in your go bag, uh, I, I actually do put canned goods in. I know I have a lot of guys that pack rations, and I will tell you this, folks: if you ever eaten military rations, they're they're not they'll keep you alive, but they're not exactly the the the, the best tasting thing, and then they don't always have the most calories in them. So if you are somebody that packs military rations, be prepared for things that don't taste good, and that. Uh, well, sometimes are going to be worse than... I mean, they'll keep you going, but they're definitely not going to taste good. And sometimes they actually... Especially the cheese can uh, can cause things to back up. So, uh, just something to be careful of with any of this type of stuff. Uh, always be always be over-cautious, with, especially with any food. And if you're bringing rations, just be... You know, sometimes uh, something that tastes good, like even just a mint or, or Lifesaver can really make a difference. Especially if you're, uh, by the way, out in the desert, uh, you'd really be surprised how good a, a mint or a, 
or lifesaver, something that will taste. Especially in a dry air, it's really unbelievable. Especially when you have my, my buddy, like I said, was in Afghanistan, and, and he told me it's just, you'd be surprised. Like, just because like, I said to him, What can I send you? You know, I was always sending him stuff when he's overseas, and he said, he said, Dude, lifesavers would be great. And I'm like, What? He's like, You'd be surprised how many lifesavers you go through when it's this hot and this dry over here. I was like, Oh. So, I mean, you'd be surprised how little stuff like that really means, really means a lot. My, uh, my, uh, I, I think if you've, I think if you watched Last Man Standing, the, uh, I know it's a sitcom, but uh, the one guy was in, said he was in Vietnam and he had said, uh, that he always had gum with him just because of how it was over there with the jungle. Um, and the same thing goes for a couple of buddies of mine that were in the Coast Guard and stuff that they always say that you, they chew gum to keep the, the sea taste out of their mouth all the time. Uh, it's really surprised how little things like that make such a big difference uh, in tough situations. So, uh, like I said, folks, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you very much.